Just then, he looked up. We were in chapter 21 in the Gospel of Luke. Just then, he looked up and saw the rich people dropping offerings in the collection plate. Then he saw a poor widow put in two pennies. He said, The plain truth is that this widow has been given, has given by far the largest offering today. So let me just re-say that again. Rich people dropping offerings in the collection plate and the poor widow put in two pennies. She has been given, she has given the largest offering today. All these others made offerings that they will never miss. She gave what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. That gets me hyped up. One day, people were standing around talking about the temple, remarking how beautiful it was, the splendor of its stonework and memorial gifts. Jesus said, all this you're admiring so much. The time is coming when every stone in that building will end up in a heap of rubble. They asked him, teacher, when is this going to happen? What clue, what clue will we get that it's about to take place? He said, watch out for the doomsday deceivers. Many leaders are going to show up with forged identities claiming I'm the one or the end is near. Don't fall for any of that. When you hear of wars and uprisings, keep your head and don't panic. This is routine and no sign of the end. He went on, nation will fight nation and ruler will fight ruler over and over. Huge earthquakes will occur. There will be famines. You will think at times the sky is falling. But before any of this happens, they'll arrest you, hunt you down and drag you to court and jail. It will go from bad to worse, dog-eat-dog, everyone at your throat because you carry my name. You'll end up on the witness stand, called to testify. Make up your mind right now not to worry about it. I'll give you the words and wisdom that will reduce all your accusers to stammers and stutters. We're still talking about the cost of discipleship, even as we approach the end here. And I guess especially as we approach the end, because we're going to see the cost. You'll even be turned in by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. Some of you will be killed. There's no telling who will hate you because of me. Even so, every detail of your body and soul, even the hairs of your head, is in my care. Nothing of you will be lost. Staying with it, that is what's required. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry. You will be saved. When you see soldiers camped all around Jerusalem, then you'll know that she is about to be devastated. If you're living in Judea at the time, run for the hills. If you're in the city, get out quickly. If you're out in the fields, don't go home to get your coat. This is the day of reckoning. Everything written about will come to a head. Pregnant and nursing mothers will have it especially hard. Incredible misery. Torrential rage. People dropping like flies. People dragged off to prisons. Jerusalem under the foot, the boot of barbarians until the nations finished what was given them to do. It will seem like all hell is broken loose. Sun, moon, stars, earth, sea in an, in an uproar and everyone all around the world in a panic. The wind knocked out of them by the threat of doom, the powers that be quaking. And then, then they'll see the Son of Man welcomed in grand style, a glorious welcome. When all this starts to happen, up on your feet, stand tall. Help is on its way. He told them a story. Look at a fig tree. Any tree for that matter. When the leaves begin to show, one look tells you that summer is right around the corner. The same here. When you see these things happen, you know God's kingdom is about here. Don't brush this off. I'm not just saying this for some future generation, but for this one. 
These things will happen. Sky and earth will wear out. My words will not wear out. But be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise. Spring on you suddenly like a trap, for it's going to come on everyone, everywhere at once. So whatever you do, don't fall asleep at the will. Pray constantly that you have the strength and wits to make it through everything that's coming. He spent his days in the temple teaching during this time of Passover. But his nights on the mountain, called Olives, all the people were up at the crack of dawn to come to the temple and listen. At the Passover meal, this is chapter 22, I'm just going to keep going. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, also called Passover, drew near. The high priests and religious scholars were looking for a way to do away with Jesus, but fearful of the people, they were also looking for a way to cover their tracks. That's when Satan entered Judas, the one called Iscariot. He was one of the twelve. Leaving the others, he conferred with the high priests and the temple guards about how he might betray Jesus to them. They couldn't believe their good luck and agreed to pay him well. He gave them his word and started looking for a way to betray Jesus, but out of sight of the crowd. The day of unleavened bread came, the day the Passover lamb was butchered. Jesus sent Peter and John off, saying, Go prepare the Passover so we can eat have a good time later. They said, Where do you want us to do this? He said, Keep your eyes open as you enter the city. A man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him home. Then speak with the owner of the house. The teacher wants to know, where is the guest room where I can eat Passover meal with my disciples? He will show you a spacious second-story room, swept and ready. Prepare the meal there. They left, found everything just as he told them, and prepared the Passover meal. When it was time, he sat down, all the apostles with him, and said, You've no idea how much for I have looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. It's the last one I'll eat until we all eat together in the kingdom of God. Taking the cup, he blessed it. Then he said, take this and pass it among you. As for me, I'll not drink wine again until the kingdom of God arrives. Taking bread, he blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Eat it in my memory. He did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant written in my blood, blood poured out for you. Do you realize that the hand of the one who is betraying me is at this moment on this table? It's true that the Son of Man is going down the path already marked out. No surprises there. But for one who turns him in, turns traitor to the Son of Man, this is his doomsday. They immediately became suspicious of each other and began quizzing one another. Who might it be? Within minutes, they were bickering over who, who of them would be the greatest, but Jesus intervened. Kings like to throw their weight around, and people in authority like to give themselves fancy titles. It's not going to be that way with you. Let the senior among you become like the junior. Let the leader act like part of the servant. Who would you rather be? The one who eats the dinner or the one who serves the dinner? You'd rather eat and be served, right? But I've taken my place among you as the one who serves, and you stuck with me through thick and thin. Now I confer on you the royal authority my father conferred on me so you can eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and be strengthened as you take up my responsibilities among the congregations of God's people. Simon, stay on your toes. 
Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me, like shaft from wheat. Simon, I prayed for you in particular that you not give in or give out. When you have come through the time of testing, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. Peter said, Master, I'm ready for anything with you. I go to jail for you. I die for you. Jesus said, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Peter, but before the rooster crows, you will have three times denied that you know me. Then Jesus said, when I sent you out and told you to travel light, to take only the bare necessities, did you get along all right? Certainly, they said, we got along just fine. He said, this is different. Get ready for trouble. Look to what you'll need. There are difficult times ahead. Pawn your coat and get a sword. What was written in scripture, he was lumped in with the criminals, gets its final meaning with me. Everything written about me is coming to a conclusion. They said, look, master, two swords. But he said, enough of that. No more sword talk. Some pause right here. So he's, Jesus is saying, hey, after me, like I'm about to die. It's about to get dangerous. I want you guys to take care of yourselves while I'm away. Like, it's going to be a little different. And we're about to enter a section of chapter 22 called A Dark Night. Like the movie, The Dark Night. I'm telling you, a lot of things, a lot of themes that you see in movies today comes from this gospel. And you guys, you might have already noticed that. Before we move forward into the dark night, though, I actually want to take one one more anime-style flashback to John. John's got some good stuff. This is right before the Passover feast. Jesus knew the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. We're at John chapter 13. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet? Jesus answered, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted, You're not going to wash my feet ever. And he thinks he's saying this out of respect to Jesus. But Jesus says, If I don't wash you, you can't be part of what I'm doing. Master, Peter said, Well, don't wash only my feet then. Wash my hands. Wash my head. <laughs> Peter's crazy. John, Jesus said, if you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now, so chill out. And you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean, but not every one of you. He knew who was betraying him. That's why he said, not every one of you. After he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Then he said, do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. It's a pattern I've laid down. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to an employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. So Jesus makes it a point 
to go and wash Peter's feet because he is the ultimate servant and that's how he wants his disciples to be. He wants his disciples to be servants. And after he's gone, he wants that to persist. He doesn't want Peter to get to a place where he has his disciples only washing his feet. He wants Peter to be washing the feet of his disciples. I'm sure he did. So we are back to this dark night and leaving there after this dinner at Passover, he went to the Mount Olives. The disciples followed him. When they arrived at the place, he said, pray that you don't give in to temptation. He pulled away from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, Father, remove this cup from me. But please, not what I want. What do you want? At once an angel from heaven was at his side, strengthening him. And this is, let me just pause it here. When I was younger, like this scene in particular, along with the scene where he's crying over Lazarus, like these scenes where you just feel a man afraid of imminent death. And that's what Jesus was in this moment. He prayed on all the harder. He was afraid. He's saying, Father, remove this cup from me. Sweat wrung from his face like drops of blood poured off his face. Sweat wrung from him like drops of blood poured off of his face. He got up from prayer, went back to the disciples and found them asleep, drugged by grief. He said, what business do you have sleeping? Get up. Pray so you won't give in to temptation. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than the crowd showed up. Judas, the one from the twelve in the lead, he came right up to Judas to kiss him. Jesus said, Jesus, Judas, you would betray the Son of Man with a kiss. When those with him saw what was happening, they said, Master, shall we fight? One of them took a swing at the chief priest's servant and cut off his right ear. Jesus said, Let them be, even in this. Then, touching the servant's ear, he healed them. Jesus spoke to those who had come high priests, temple, religious leaders. What is this jumping me with swords and clubs as if I were a dangerous criminal? Day after day I've been with you in the temple, and you've not so much lifted a hand against me. But do it your way. It's a dark night. It's a dark hour. Arresting Jesus, they marched him off and took him into the house of the chief priests. Peter followed, but at a safe distance. In the middle of the courtyard, some people had started a fire and were sitting around trying to keep warm. One of the serving maids sitting at the fire noticed Peter, then took a look at him and said, This man was with them. He denied it. Woman, I don't even know him. This is Peter denying Jesus. A short time later, someone else noticed him. You're one of them. Peter denied it. Man, I am not. About an hour later, someone else spoke up really adamant. He's got to have been with them. He's Galilean, written all over him. Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. At that very moment, the last word hardly off his lips, a rooster crowed. Just then, the master turned and looked at Peter. Peter remembered what the master said to him. Before the rooster, you will deny me three times. Peter left, and he just cried and cried and cried. He was so hurt by himself. He felt like he betrayed himself and Jesus. The men in charge of Jesus began poking fun at him, slapping him around. They put a blindfold on him and taunted, Who hit you that time? They were having a grand time just beating him up. 
when it was morning, the religious leaders of, of the people and the high priests and the scholars all got together and brought him before the high council. They said, are you the Messiah? He answered, if I said yes, you wouldn't believe me. If I asked you what you meant by your question, you wouldn't answer me. So here's what I have to say. From here on, the Son of Man takes his place at God's right hand, the place of power. They all said, so you admit your claim to be the Son of God. You're the ones who keep saying it, he said. But they had made up their minds. Why do we need any more evidence? We've heard all we need. We've heard all, we've all heard him as good as say it himself. Then they, t they all took Jesus to Pilate and began to bring up charges against him. They said, we found this man undermining our law and order, for forbidding taxes, them, law and order forbidding taxes to be paid to caesar setting him himself up as messiah king pilati asked him is this true that you're king of the jews those are your words not mine jesus replied pilati told the high priests and the company crowd i find nothing wrong here he seems harmless enough to me but they were vehement he's stirring up un unrest among the people with his teaching disturbing the peace everywhere starting in galilee and now all through judea He's a dangerous man, endangering the peace. When Pilate heard that, he asked, so he's a Galilean. Realizing that he properly came under Herod's jurisdiction, he passed the buck to Herod, who just happened to be in Jerusalem for a few days. Herod was delighted when Jesus showed up. He had wanted for a long time to see him. He'd heard so much about him. He'd hoped to see him do something spectacular. He peppered him with questions, but Jesus didn't answer, not one word. But the high priests and the religious scholars were right there, saying their peace, strident and shrill in their accusations. Mightily offended, Herod turned on Jesus. This is the same Herod who fucked his brother's wife and had John the Baptist killed. Mightily offended, Her Herod turned on Jesus. His soldiers joined in, taunting and jeering. Then they dressed him up in an elaborate king costume and sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became thick as thieves, always before they had kept their distance. Then Pilate called them the high priests and the rulers and the others and said, You brought this man to me as a disturber of your peace. I examined him in front of you and found there was nothing to your charge. And neither did Herod, for he sent him back here with a clean bill of health. It's clear that he's done nothing wrong, let alone anything deserving death. I'm going to war warn him to watch his step and let him go. At that, the crowd went wild. Kill him. Give us Barabbas. Barabbas had been thrown in prison for starting a riot in the city and for murder. Pilate still wanted to let Jesus go and so spoke out again. But they kept shouting back, crucify, crucify. He tried a third time. But for what crime? I found nothing in him deserving of death. I'm going to warn him to watch his step and let him go. But they kept at it, shouting him to be crucified. And finally... They shouted him down. Pilate caved in and gave them what they wanted. He released the man thrown in prison for rioting and gave them Jesus to do whatever they wanted. That's, let me pause right here. And that's the type of mob rule you see like on Twitter. All like the hypocrisy. Everyone wants to crucify people and judge people and stuff. And they'll let, they'll let other crimes just go on unnoticed as long as it meets their agenda. That's the type of thing you'll see in woke politics, on woke CNN, or woke Twitter, or woke YouTube, woke Google. Like, they'll censor if it meets their political agenda. 
and they'll crucify people that go against them. They'll crucify people that say don't take the vaccines. They'll try to make Joe Rogan look crazy until he interviews them on this podcast. As they led him off, they made they made Simon, a man from Cyrene who happened to be coming in from the countryside, carry the cross behind Jesus. A huge crowd of people followed, along with women weeping and carrying on. At one point, Jesus turned to the women and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves and for your children. The time is coming when they'll say, Lucky the women who never conceived. Lucky the wombs that never gave birth. Lucky the breasts that never gave milk. Then they'll start calling to the mountains. Fall down on us. Call into the hills. Cover us up. If people do these things to a live green tree, can you imagine what they'll do with dead wood? Two others, both criminals, were taken along with him for execution. When they got to the place called Skull Hill, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Dividing up his clothes, they threw dice for them. The people stood there, staring at Jesus, and the ringleaders made faces, taunting him. He saved others. Let him save himself. The Messiah of God. Ha 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 ha. The chosen. Ha 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 ha. And making fun of him. The soldiers also came up and poked fun at him, making a game of it. They toasted him. So you're king of the Jews? Save yourself, king of the Jews. They put a sign on his head that said, this is the king of the Jews. They were making fun of him. One of the criminals hanging outside of him. Some Messiah you are, save yourself. But the other one made him shut up. Have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We deserve this, but not him. He did nothing to deserve this. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. This is one of the criminals next to him on crucifixion, the moment before death. He said, don't worry, I will. Today you will join me in paradise. By now it was noon. The whole earth became dark. The darkness lasting three hours, a total blackout. The temple curtain split right down the middle. Jesus called loudly, Father, I place your life in my hands, your, my life in your hands. Then he breathed his last breath. When the captain there saw what happened, he honored God. This man was innocent, a good man, an innocent. All who would come around a spectacular to watch the show, when they saw what actually happened, were overcome with grief and headed home. Those who knew Jesus well, along with the women, stood at a respectful distance and kept vigil. There was a man by the name of Joseph, a member of the Jewish high council, a man of good heart and good character. He had not gone along with the plans and actions of the council. His hometown was the Jewish village of Arimathea. He lived in alert expectation of the kingdom of God. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Taking him down, he wrapped him in a linen shroud and placed him in a tomb chiseled into the rock. A tomb never yet used. It was the day before the Sabbath. The Sabbath just about to begin. The women who had been company, companions of Jesus from Galilee followed along. They saw the tomb where Jesus' body was placed. Then they went back to prepare the burial and perfumes. They rested quietly on the Sabbath as commanded. And that's the end of chapter 3. I, I just read 21, 22, and 23. And the next chapter is 24. We're going to read that. And we're going to close it out with 24. And a little a little bit of uh, in credit scene from John. 
but we're this close. I'm glad you guys, if you're still with me, I'm I actually, if you're with me or not, you know, this story is, uh, it's really something else and, uh, it's really inspirational on so many fronts, but still the best is yet to come. So let me actually finish before I give final remarks and move forward. <laughs>